What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. And this episode, finally, I am going to get into a topic that a lot of you have been asking me to cover. And I was holding off because I just didn't want to pigeonhole myself as only the personality profiling guy or the neurotyping guy. There's a lot more when it comes to health, wellness, mindset, fitness, training, nutrition, like so many different things that I am passionate about that I love to talk about. Um, Obviously, neurotyping is a big part of what I do, and it is something that has been a game changer for me personally and in my career. And um, so I figured... I've let enough episodes go by. It's time to dive in and talk about personality profiling, neurotype training, how I got into it, you know, what it's meant for me and my clients and just going through all that good stuff that you've all been asking about. So to start, I think everyone can kind of relate to what I was experiencing when I first got into training. And basically, I just couldn't find something that I could stick with. I was the classic program hopper. I had training ADD, whatever you would, you know, whatever you want to call it. Basically, I would try something, I would get into it, and then I would get bored and I would jump to the next thing. And I always thought something was wrong with me. And if we just back up a little bit, like even growing up before I got into training, I always kind of viewed myself as somebody who just, you know, thought a little bit differently. Like I thought, Not necessarily that something was wrong with me, although I was just like, you know, I am a little bit unique. I don't know. There was just something that I couldn't quite figure out why I was the way that I was or, you know, the way that I am. But now I have a better grasp on that. And neurotyping was a big part of that self-awareness and that self-development process. But, you know, it was one of those things. Like, I think we all wonder to a certain extent, like, why do we react certainly in in different situations and you know why do we get triggered by specific things like there's so many uh variables about our personalities that like we're curious about and that was definitely me just like why you know why am i indecisive you know why do i get really into something and i need to like learn everything about it and like I just grasp onto something and need to go all in on that one thing until I master it and then I move on to the next thing and I had these different traits that just was like I'm a little bit different and I don't know why so fast forward as I get into training you know it's kind of the same thing I go you know I would get really passionate about one style of training and then I would quickly move to the next and nothing would really stick and you know throughout my journey I became obsessed with educating myself. And so, you know, I did my personal training certification. I started teaching classes. I started, you know, I started training people. I was teaching boxing, like, and I was just trying to learn as much as possible through the process. And um, nothing really stood out as to why there were so many differences with, you know, like, I knew as a coach that I had to to coach people differently depending on their personality. So I think any good trainer kind of picks that up just intuitively. Like some people need tough love. Some people need their handheld. Some people need that like rah-rah cheerleader style. Uh, Some people just don't really need any instruction at all. You're just more hands-off. Like just tell me what to do, I'll go do it. Or just show me once and I'll do it. And, you know, that's one of those things that um, I knew intuitively, but I didn't really know the reasoning behind it. Um, So then... I, you know, I'd always been 
you know, just kind of educating myself. And I came across Christian Thibodeau's work and was just blown away by his knowledge and the programs that he put out. And I knew that that was somebody that I wanted to work with. And, you know, I just kind of followed along with what he was doing. And eventually I was like, all right, I need to learn from this guy. And I reached out and started working with him. And he started, you know, the whole assessment process. And right off the bat, I knew there was something different there because it had, I mean, maybe 50% of the assessment was actually about my training. And the other 50% was really about getting to know me as a person. Um, And that's where I was like, all right, there's something a little bit different here. And I was, I was instantly intrigued. And, you know, as we started working together, he was, um, he would, you know, educate me on why we're doing what we're doing. Um, And then he started writing about neurotyping. And, you know, right off the bat, it just clicked. It was one of those things where, you know, personality profiling has existed for a long time and in the psychology space. And so if you can, you know, go back and if you really want to kill some time, like Google neurotransmitters and personality traits and you'll go down a rabbit hole. It's like super fascinating stuff about um, how, you know, genetically we have certain neurotransmitter balances and and certain neurotransmitter dominance and sensitivities that kind of create these personality traits. And, you know, as it relates to training, you know, Christian was really the first to my knowledge. Um, I think Charles Poliquin, you know, did a little bit of that. And, you know, I remember some of his early articles, but, you know, Christian really took it and and took it to the next level to um, helping us understand how people are wired, our brain chemistry, and then how that relates to training. And, you know, as I kept reading through the, you know, neurotransmitter side of things, like really wanting to understand the role that they play in personality traits, and then kind of bridging that gap and, and, you know, understanding what Christian was talking about with regards to training for your personality type. Uh, It just made sense. And the more that I learned, the more that it just fascinated me. And when I started training that way for myself, I saw results that were crazy. Like in just, I don't know, maybe it was two months, not even, I had made more progress in the gym than I had like the previous few years combined. It was just insane. And it also helped me just feel like there's actually nothing wrong with me, that there's a reason why I am the way that I am. And there's a reason why I program hop and have training ADD and all these things are perfectly normal. And actually, I thrive on variety. And that's needed for me to make progress. And it's just, we have to just be smart about how we program that in, but it's perfectly normal. And, you know, even some of those personality traits, like being indecisive and being a people pleaser and wanting to fit in and like having FOMO and like all these different traits that I wanted to unpack for myself, it was all right there in front of me. And it made so much sense. And um, so, you know, when we talk about neurotransmitters, the thing to understand is that our central nervous system is the boss. Like it controls everything. And neurotransmitters are basically just messengers. And you think of them like little mailmen or male women, they're just delivering mail. Um, so that can be from, you know, one neuron to another or to a cell. Um, it's like billions of cells that communicate at once for this one process. Think of any single function or system in the body. It's controlled by neurotransmitters. And You know, there's some main ones that we need to consider that give us insight into personality traits. 
So if you think about dopamine, a lot of people know dopamine as like the pleasure center, the, the reward response. And, you know, what psychologists have uncovered is basically that you can take a, an, a personality trait um, kind of like, you know, tendency for addiction, like drug addiction or um, gambling or any thrill-seeking behavior, and it's strongly associated with low dopamine. So for those who are genetically, um, you know, born with low levels of dopamine, they're going to be more prone to those behaviors. And now, you know, having said that, there is a huge portion of your personality type that is environmental, is based off of how you were raised, is based off of your friends, is based off of, you know, your learned behavior, your education, you know, where you were born, all these things are going to play a role as well. But there is a huge genetic component. And so, you know, something like GABA, which is a neurotransmitter that calms us down, for those that are have high levels of GABA, you're going to see personality traits that are more in line with, you know, being calm under pressure and not being, you know, overwhelmed easily, being able to handle stress, you know. So um, when we just kind of look at personality profiling and it gives us insight into neurotransmitter balance, now we can take that information and start to apply it to training and nutrition. And that's where the neurotyping um, system basically, I feel like, you know, changes the game. And one of the caveats that I always make is it's important not to get too married to a concept. So we know that, you know, somebody with, let's say, low levels of dopamine, we want to protect their dopamine levels. We don't want to deplete them. And so, you know, there's certain training protocols that make sense, like longer rest periods. And we'll get into all of that shortly. But just for the sake of making this point, you know, let's say that you know, powerlifting is something that matches up really nicely with your personality or your neurotype. But you are somebody that for whatever reason, maybe just from your childhood or, you know, what you were exposed to, you absolutely love yoga. <laughs> so the best program for you is going to be yoga because that's what you love to do. So trying to understand that even though we have a lot of insight and a lot of information to you know, optimize training and nutrition based off of your personality type, it's important to also consider context and not get so married to an idea. So we have to still keep that in mind. So going back to, you know, how we kind of disseminate what's your personality type and what type of training will work best for you. Um, so we look at what are your personality traits and what does that tell us about your neurotransmitter balance, and then how can we apply that to training? So I'm just going to run through the different types, uh, the different neurological profiles. And so, you know, I use those words interchangeably. So your neurotype, your neurological profile, your personality type, we're basically talking about the same thing. So we have our type ones, and that's, you know, sub um, divided into two groups, basically you have a type 1A and a type 1B, and those are both going to be dopamine dominant. And when we say dopamine dominant, basically what we mean is that they have low levels of dopamine at rest and they are highly sensitive to dopamine. And, you know, so basically any increase in dopamine, um, they're going to be potentiated by that. It's going to, you know, basically put them, their personality type is, you know, kind of like extroverted. So talking about a 1A, you know, 
They need to be the leader. They need to be in control. They don't do well with authority. They're very extroverted, basically like, this is who I am, and I don't give a fuck what you think about me. That's kind of like your type 1A. Um, they're like the people where you know, you can agree with them, and they still want to argue. And I have one of my friends in mind who is definitely a type 1A, and you basically can be a, you know totally in agreement but he's still trying to argue the point. It's like, no, we're saying the same thing. And he's like, no, but this and like still trying to convince you that he's right. Um, that is typical of a type 1A. And so, you know, knowing that about them, we need to protect their dopamine. So they have low levels of dopamine, highly sensitive to it. Uh, so what that means is that we're going to set up their training to basically activate, you know, that potentiation to dopamine. What that's going to look like is they're going to do better with more of your typical powerlifting style of training. So they want to feel heavy weight. They build muscle by getting stronger. So they want to, you know, because of that competitive drive, they want to put more weight on the bar. They're very neurologically driven. So when we talk about, you know, CNS work, central nervous system work, we're talking about, you know, higher intensity. We're talking about, you know, more brain activation. Uh, you need to recruit more muscle fibers uh, as far as like a, a complexity of, you know, you're close to your one rep max and, you know, lower reps, more weight on the bar, grind it out type of people. So um, because, you know, we want to, again, protect their, their dopamine levels, we want to keep longer rest periods and they also do well with higher frequency. So they can recover really well from neurological work. So they can touch, you know, 90 plus percent intensity every session, um, but we have to keep the volume per session more moderate. Otherwise, we run the risk of depleting dopamine, which is basically the worst thing that you can do for a type one. Um, you know, when we talk about the type one Bs, you're going to see a lot of similarities in that they are also dopamine dominant. Uh, however, they have high levels of acetylcholine, which is the neurotransmitter that's responsible for your memory, your motor learning. So they're typical, like they pick up things really quickly. Uh, they're just naturally gifted, naturally explosive, great multitaskers. Um, and they'll have kind of like explosive personalities where if you think of like a sprinter, you know, a sprinter before the race, he's just kind of chill, you know, just looks like nothing's really happening. And then all of a sudden he goes 100 miles per hour or she. And then, you know, after the race, that's like nothing happened. They just, you know, ran faster than anybody else in the world. And then they're just chill. And it's like, yeah, that was nothing. That's kind of the personality of a 1B. They're very imaginative. They, they uh, you know, like I said, they can go zero to 100. That's not just in the, in the sense of performance, but that's also in their personality. So that's somebody who will like explode and then two seconds later, act like nothing happened. Um, they're also the type of person where they can, you know, do a bunch of different tasks at once and not even be phased. So you're having a conversation with them. They're checking their phone. They're watching TV. And they kind of pick up on everything. You're like, how are they even doing all of this at once? Like me personally, I am the worst multitasker. But for type 1B, uh, it's just – you know, they need that stimulation. They, they need, uh, you know, their brain to be working. And so they're also extroverted. Uh, they're, they're competitive, but not to the extent of a 1A. 
and, you know, think more like logical arguments. So they're not just like, I want to argue with you just for the sake of arguing. They're more like, I'm going to present my, my case in a very practical manner. Um, and, you know, they're going to be just confident in who they are, more of a lead by example type. Now, because they're naturally explosive, they do well with more Olympic style of lifting. So they get, they build muscle by getting stronger explosively. So they also want to add more weight to the bar, but it's more about force production. It's more about, you know, being uh, more explosive in your Olympic lifting and that sort of thing, more utilizing the stretch reflex or bounce techniques with their lifts. So Olympic lifting, you know, even CrossFit style for a 1B uh, is going to be ideal. They also, because of their high levels of acetylcholine, you need to challenge them. So they get bored very quickly. So we don't want to do any sort of like long rest periods. Uh, we want to give them supersets, something to think about where they have to use their brain more and not get bored with their training. And again, we also need to keep in mind um, that we don't want to deplete their dopamine. Now, they're less at risk because acetylcholine will protect their other neurotransmitters and they have high levels of acetylcholine. So naturally, that helps them. They're more of like your resilient type of athlete. They can handle more volume. They can handle more frequency. Um, they're just kind of those naturally gifted athletes that we kind of love to hate. <laughs> so um, as we go into the type twos, um, type two A's are adrenaline dominant, and that's actually my neurotype. So, you know, adrenaline dominant means that we have low levels of adrenaline at rest, but we are highly potentiated by any increase in adrenaline. Uh, we are naturally people pleasers we have a well-balanced profile of all the other neurotransmitters. And so we can blend in well to pretty much any situation. Uh, so type 2As, because they're people pleasers, they want to get the admiration and approval of others. And we can kind of modify our behavior to fit the situation in really any situation. So we're like kind of chameleons in that sense where, um, you know, that's another thing about me personally where sometimes people would think like, why are you – changing your behavior or why are you talking differently to this person versus that person? Like I've had that said to me before and I thought something was wrong with me or sometimes it can come across as fake, but that's really just a defense mechanism. Um, and it's a survival instinct for a type 2A to blend in with, you know, whoever they're talking to, especially if it's like the leader of the group or, you know, a role model or a parent or a coach, like they will, you know, type two A's will, will modify that behavior to get that approval. Uh, so they're, because of that, we're also really good at reading people. Uh, so as coaches, you know, the, the best, um, you know, the, the best attribute of a type two A is the ability to read people quickly. And we're also very indecisive. Uh, you know, we have kind of this need for variety. So we kind of jump around from one thing to the next. And that's really the most important thing when it comes to training. So type two A's um, can handle an equal balance of neurological work and muscular work, but they need variation. So uh, pretty much anything works, but nothing works for very long. So we have to keep variety in when it comes to, you know, exercise selection, intensity methods, rep schemes, you know, phasing in different, you know, training blocks, like, you know, maybe one block is more strength focused and another phase is more bodybuilding focused. Um, so just keeping that variety in and uh, that's going to be the most important for a type 2A. Um, the thing that we have to worry about is, you know, the fact that we're sensitive to adrenaline and have low levels of adrenaline. So the worst thing for a type 2A is 
desensitizing the adrenal receptor. So we have to keep that in mind. Uh, so somebody that's like overly stressed as a type 2A, that's going to be uh, something that can be a potential downfall for them. Um, you know, we're kind of like at rest, we're less confident, we're more of insecure and just kind of doubt ourselves. But then once that adrenaline kicks in, it potentiates us and we kind of morph into this new, you know, alpha role, almost like the Incredible Hulk. Um, so it's like, you know, going out or going to the gym, uh, any situation where adrenaline is going to increase, the type 2A is going to, you know, increase their confidence level um, and, and just be, you know, more secure, more, you know, uh, it also helps with performance as well. So it's important for a type 2A to get that adrenaline up with training. So that means shorter rest periods, you know, supersets, that sort of thing is going to be important when we're programming for a type 2A. Um, when, we when we talk about a type 2B, they are very emotional. And the neurotransmitter that is responsible for emotional amplification is glutamate. Um, glutamate is the most abundant neurotransmitter that we produce, and it's also responsible for converting to GABA, which is a neurotransmitter that calms us down, and it's very much uh, in line with our circadian rhythm. So, you know, it's important to get quality sleep when you're talking about protecting your GABA. Now, type 2Bs, they overproduce glutamate and they struggle to make the conversion from glutamate to GABA. So they are typically a little bit more anxious. They are a little bit more introverted, a little bit more insecure. Uh, they are definitely emotional. So they fall in love very easily. They're also people pleasers like type 2As, but it's more in that one-on-one -on -one setting. So if there is a coach or somebody that they admire, like they will do anything for that person. Um, I always use the example of like the hockey player who's going to lay out and take a puck for the team. Like that is a typical type 2B trait. Uh, they're like, I'll give you the shirt off my back type of people. Uh, they're the people where you're in like a conversation and you're like, man, that person was just the best listener. Like, they just let me talk and, and they were, you know, just listening and seemed engaged. And that's going to be like a type 2B. They are they give them all of themselves to a relationship, which, you know, sometimes can backfire because they invest so much emotionally. Um, and that carries over into the way that they train. They need to feel their muscles working. They love the pump. They love mind muscle connection. So they are very muscularly driven. Uh, so they don't do well with heavy neurological work. Because if you think about it, if they struggle to make the conversion to GABA and GABA is what brings us down, you know, neurological work is going to amp up their central nervous system and they're not going to be able to come down from that. So we have to keep that in mind when we're programming for a type 2B to fit their profile. It's going to be more pump work. It's going to be more bodybuilding style of training, more muscular work to, um, you know, to allow them to recover. And that's how they they actually you know, get stronger by building muscle. So you kind of look at it as the inverse of a type 1A. Uh, so when we talk about the type 3, so our last profile, the type 3 is serotonin dominant. So serotonin along with GABA, those are going to be the neurotransmitters that calm us down. A lot of people know serotonin as your kind of sense of well-being or like your happy neurotransmitter, your feel-good neurotransmitter. Um, that's going to be important for calming us down. And the, you know, kind of the difference between serotonin and GABA is, you know, they work on kind of the same way, but serotonin is more like 
the brake pedal in your car where it can modulate based off of how fast you're going or how much you need to slow down, whereas GABA is almost like the parking parking brake. Uh, so, you know, serotonin will calm you down a little bit if you're a little bit amped up, and it can also press on the brake a little bit harder. Um, and then GABA is like that emergency brake that you're going to throw off. And so, you know, if you deplete serotonin, you'll require more, uh, you'll rely more on GABA. So just something to keep in mind when it comes to neurotransmitter balance. And then particularly with a type three, because they are serotonin dominant, meaning they have low levels of serotonin, which if you think of serotonin as your, you know, feel good kind of, um, you know, calming neurotransmitter, naturally, if they have low level levels, they're going to be more anxious. So, Type threes are your typical introverts. They are planners. They like to know things in advance. Um, you know, definitely overly anxious. So they're more of like your accountants, uh, your long term, your long uh, endurance runners. Uh, they like to know a plan, like as far out as they possibly can. And if anything that kind of throws them out of their routine or something that's kind of like, you know, just a, a curveball gets thrown, that's going to stress them out, and it can actually cause injury. So as a coach. If you have a type three and you have their workout for the day and they come in expecting to do that workout and all of a sudden you change it up last minute, um, you know, you're putting them at risk of injury. It's going to stress them out and, you know, they'll get tight in their flexor muscles and form can break down. And that's, you know, kind of the worst thing that you can do for a type three. So, you know, giving them as much advance notice of, you know, what's coming when they're going heavier. They are like technique geeks. So they want to feel in total control of a movement. They need to master that form and feel like they own that movement. Um, and that's also kind of with their personal life too. Even though they're more introverted, they don't like to talk about themselves very much. They kind of more have that internal dialogue um, and kind of play out scenarios in their head. But if they feel total, totally confident in control about something, like let's say it's public speaking or they have to you know, present for their job, um, they can master that skill and feel totally confident doing it um, even though their personality type is more anxious, more introverted. Um, but once they feel in control of something, like they own it, then they're totally fine performing it. Uh, so that goes with with lifting as well as, you know, kind of in their, their personal life. Um, they're definitely built for more long endurance style of activities, but they do just fine with lifting as well. Um, in particular, knowing what's coming and feeling like they own a movement. So training history definitely matters when it comes to a type three. So that is really the main breakdown when we talk about the five profiles and then how it applies to training and how it applies to personality type. And the reason that, you know, I'm so passionate about this is because it creates that self-awareness. And again, you know, it's not about being so married to a concept and, and just feeling like you're hamstrung by this idea that, oh, well, I'm a type three, so I can't do X, Y, Z. Like, that's not the case. Uh, because again, there's going to be so much of your experience, your learned behavior, your upbringing, all that stuff is going to impact your neurotransmitter balance, what you're confident in, you know, what you gravitate towards, but there is a genetic component. And so I think just that self-awareness piece is so important and it, it really is kind of like the catalyst for growth. And that's what, you know, kind of lights me up is when I work with people and we go through this, um, you know, it's really about those aha moments of like, that's why I react that way. And it's not even necessarily about training. It's more about personal life and, you know, dealing with relationships and having a be better understanding of, you know, why 
you reacted that way. And now that you know that, we can adjust and kind of, you know, we have that information and can just, you know, make better decisions and grow as humans. And that's really, you know, what it's all about. So um, I think being able to take some context and, and understand application for yourself is really important when it comes to personality profiling and not, you know, kind of putting yourself in a box, even though we have great insight with this and it kind of gives us that starting point. You know, it's like one of those things where when I work with one-on-one clients, a lot of the times they're like, oh, I'm so excited. We're going to do this neurotyping thing and you're going to tell me, you know, all about myself. And I'm like, yeah, I am, but we're also going to let, you know, you determine a lot. So just because I'm going to do this assessment, I'm going to tell you what your profile is. We're going to, you know, go through the whole education process. That doesn't mean that we just ignore everything that you're experiencing and that you're feeling. So, you know, again, to to reiterate, like, just because you're a type 2A and you need variety, if you're somebody who loves eating the same thing every single day and that's just what you learned, and I'm using that example because that's totally me, uh, we're not going to change that up just because your neurotype says so. I think that's important to, you know, understand. So, like, you know, that is something that probably from all of the crazy dieting that I did in my past, like, I'm just somebody who likes to eat the same shit every day. I don't change it up that much. Now, there's other areas of my life where I need that variety, but when it comes to food choices, that's certainly not the case. I'm not going to look at that and say, well, I'm a type 2A, so I need to switch this up unnecessarily. Like it works for me. And that's more important. So I always, you know, just have that caveat because I think sometimes we can take a concept that's great and we can take it to the extreme and take it too far. And then all of a sudden we're like, well, my neurotype says I can't rest more than 90 seconds. So even though I'm feeling like shit, like I'm just going to go at it. Like we have to use some um, you know, just some logic and some practical application uh, when we talk about personality profiling. But I hope this gives you a good foundation. I know I didn't dive in too much to the nutrition side of things, and I'm sure that a lot of you are going to ask that question. And I have just too much information to cover to unpack nutrition in the same episode as training. So I figured we would break it up and do this more focused on just laying the foundation for what neurotyping is, getting some of that that training stuff out there so you guys know what we're talking about, and then we'll go into the nutrition in another episode. But I'm super excited because I've got some great guests coming up. You guys are going to be really excited to hear just, you know, talk about hormones and we're going to talk about different topics um, with with some guests coming up. And, uh, you know, the only way that this show grows is by you guys sharing it and helping to spread the word, which I appreciate you doing. So if you can take a screenshot, post it on Instagram, tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And then if you could do me a favor and jump over to iTunes and get me a five-star rating and review, I would greatly appreciate it. And I will talk to you guys next time.